Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with mindset and high performance coach, Suzanne Perchel. Suzanne is a leading expert in the field of elite performance, dance coaching, mindfulness, and self-love. She has grown multiple businesses as a successful entrepreneur, and throughout her career, she regularly appeared on the stages across Europe and the USA. After struggling with her lack of value for years, she attended a mastermind of 500 plus women two years ago that ultimately changed her life's direction. Ironically, we found out we we were in that exact same room two years ago, which was beautiful. This monumental shift allowed Suzanne to fully help untold amounts of women reach their clarity through her passion for human potential and created Point to Rise. It's a community that empowers dancers and is changing the trajectory of the performing arts. This is an absolutely beautiful conversation. We talk about what it takes to get to that level of a ballerina and what she had to give up or sacrifice in order to get to that level, as well as what she learned from the lessons and those years, those very formative years. So this was a very beautiful conversation. I cannot wait to share it with it. I, with you. I know you're going to love her. Welcome to the show today, Suzanne. Thank you so much, Marcia, for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. We're going to start with some questions so people can get to know a little bit about you before we dive into you and your story. First off, I know, where are you from? I'm born and raised in just outside of Berlin, Germany, and I'm currently residing in Victoria, British Columbia on the West Coast of Canada. Nice. Another Canadian right now, right? We are definitely, I am we're Canadian. Like no, no. Opposite ends of the country, <laughs> but yes, you are Canadian. Do you have a book that has had an impact on you? Untamed, I have to say by Glenn Doyle was my awakening call. Like the, the one that I have, um, I think felt the, the clearest and the loudest mm-hmm. on how she speaks around particularly us women being like put in all of all of these boxes that we all the shoulds and coulds that we need to do and be and and can't and should it was my permission to completely break out of that and making all of the parallels to what that looked like in my entire life so far and that gave Mm. me permission to break out of it and it gave me permission to help others to do the same Oh, I love yeah. it. I love it. I would say that was one of my top two or three books this year for sure. Yeah. It was, it was fantastic. Fantastic. Do you have a quote or a mantra that grounds you or that you live by? Hmm. 
as I'm so, looking at all your quotes in the back of the, oh, <laughs> of yeah. the Zoom. Um, <laughs> something that was really, really important last year for me is that I had to really understand that I am worth of everything that I des- that I want. Um, I am enough in who I am and that I don't need to become anybody else, that mm. I am who I am. And that's just plenty. More than plenty. Yeah. But that was never something that that I have ever taken in consideration. It was always about not being enough. Mm -hmm. And that has held me back in in so many aspects in my life. So I, I love that because that is probably one of the number one things I hear women they don't know. They don't say it, but they show it that they don't feel worthy. They don't say it, but in their actions and in receiving and all these things that worthiness is very a message that we hear. I find I hear a lot from women. And and you know why they're not saying it? So this is me talking mm-hmm. about me. I couldn't say it either because I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't know why I was acting that way. I don't, I didn't know why I was keep attracting the same scenarios into my life. Mm-hmm. Why I lived like the groundhog day over and over and over again. I did not know that it all stemmed from that one belief of not feeling worthy of not feeling enough. And this is where awareness and, and self-development comes in and it has shown me how imperative it is if you want to like go to the next level, you know, if you want to have more spice in your life. And even if that means pain in the beginning and discovery and, and shattering and ugly crying, it is so much, there is so much worth in there. Like no, no bank account could ever replace that, that feeling of freedom. Wow. So I'm starting the episode off with goosebumps. That's beautiful. You're going to have to go back and listen to that because that was so powerful. What you just said, yes, it was very good. It was very good. And this seems almost strange to ask this now because you just said it. What lights you up? Like I could just see you light up right now when you were talking, but what is something that really lights you up and drives you? Um, right. Always, always has driven me was to see that when I say something or what I'm doing or leading or how I am talking about me, my experiences helps others like Mm -hmm. making an impact in somebody else's life is what I'm here for. That really truly lights me up. And you know what, Marsha, even understanding that and not feeling guilty around that or, or even feeling, Oh, you don't have anything to say you're not worthy of that, who's going to listen to you, you know, making all of these excuses that are such heavy weights anchoring us down, um, letting all of these go mm-hmm. was a process. And I have to say it is a daily process because it's not, you know, you're not just going to say, oh, I'm not going to be afraid of that anymore. No, 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 no. They just bubble up whenever they think they need to, to keep you safe. Oh, I think that, and, and whenever they think they need to is like a daily, daily thing. Those, yeah, if you, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we recognize them. I love that you said that. I love that. You have 
such an incredible story. And I, after speaking Mm -hmm. to you last week, I was like, okay, let's make this work because I really wanted to share your story. And there's so many facets to it, but why Mm -hmm. don't you start back with what has, what has been one of the biggest parts of your life? Like really what, and, and dancing and what you've done and how that has led you to where you are now. Okay. Um, how far can I go back? You can go back wherever you want. Honestly, because wherever you go is perfect. Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as I can think back, I always wanted to be a ballerina. I was I was doing that when I was two years old. I was driving my parents crazy because, you know, they couldn't send me to ballet school until I was forced and I had to listen to me for two years on a daily basis, begging them to send me because I knew by the time I was two years old, what my mission was in life. Now that changed over the years, you know, but the experience that I had in being in this elite performance environment and going through eight years of excruciating training, and I mean excruciating in a in a loving way. And and being a dancer in, in the 90s and, and early 2000s and then running our own company and failing at it miserably, losing literally everything then into going into corporate America and attracting that kind of same failure again in a different way. It's just, I didn't fit the box that they tried Mm -hmm. to put me into. I didn't fit the box of the the typical ballerina that they tried to put me into. Um, I didn't fit the box of my country. They tried to put me into, um, And then I just somewhere heard that whisper. So why aren't you just working for yourself? And I started going into the entrepreneurial adventures and and trying, trying so many different things out, which led me to getting to actually know myself. So what had the big, I would say these are the, the, you know, we have like milestones in our life. And I, I truly believe that, you know, every, every seven years, anywhere between seven and eight years, something like you change, mm-hmm. like something you opening up or, or happening. And when I look back at my life, that was always the case. Every seven to eight years, something changed, even in relationships. Yeah. Did I get off track? Yeah. You, no, 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 no. You're fine. You're fine. So there's definitely where it's, you know, trying to be fit, trying to fit in the box. So mm-hmm. what, when you, if you can even think back, what was it about being a ballerina? I'm going to back you up a little bit that you knew you wanted to do. What was it about it? I remember sitting in the theater as like a little girl and looking at these beautiful men and women and the the emotion that it evoked in me to be a part of that bigger cause of if if I say healing the world is it might be a little bit you know far fetched but that's what it felt to me like taking people out of their normal lives and showing them that there is so much more there is so much beauty and it's for all of you so I that was my I wanted to help people escape to, to, to show them that there's so much more out there than they're seeing right now. And the other part was that I was always fascinated with, with theaters. You know, I don't know if you've ever stood on a stage, if you ever walked behind a stage, if you ever 
um, experience the camaraderie or the, mm-hmm. the community aspect of what is happening in the theater, it is absolutely magical. I remember the, the state opera in Berlin is, is so old, you know, mm-hmm. it was built um, 1700s and it has these like five floors and you could go all the way up to the lightning rigs and look from all oh, the way wow. up down onto the stage and just that that feeling to be able to be part of that was so special to me because yeah not everybody gets to do that and it's like you're so much closer to the universe at that point like even being on stage you are so much closer to the universe dancing and moving is how the feminine energy connects with the divine, right? If I, I just learned that yesterday, by the way, and if I look back, maybe that's what it was over and over and over again. Maybe that was my, I just wanted to be closer to that core of me. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I have goosebumps when I hear that about, you know, that is the feminine energy connecting to the divine. As you talk about being in that space and maybe that's why you were so drawn to it. I think that's that's really powerful. I think of from my non-ballerina and people who know me would laugh because that's very true. From my non-ballerina, um, <laughs> I appreciate it. I 100%. I've always been really mesmerized by all athletes, all and I that's athlete that's incredibly athletic, incredibly athletic. But when I look at it and I think of it as the way they move, I see freedom. I see so much freedom in how they move. Mm-hmm. And, but we know that's not true, right? That is not necessarily that like, like to be a ballerina requires so much work and diligence. And I don't know if that's, if, if freedom is exactly what you would put with what it takes to be a ballerina, because the amount of discipline and work. And as you said earlier, one of your struggles was fitting in that box that like the box and freedom do not go hand in hand. Not, not at all. Talk to us about what, like, what, what does it take? Like what kind of work and work ethic and physical mental, what does it take to be in that space on the stage and collaborating and connecting with others while you're dancing? What does it take? Well, it, 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 Number one, it takes the all or nothing mentality. Like if you are not sure that you want this, don't don't do it. Like there is no no reason for yourself to to um, put yourself through the physical strain mm-hmm. um, and the the daily training. There is no reason because then it takes the fun out. You know, there is no yeah. and and I don't I don't think I don't believe that. Um, being a dancer and not having fun goes hand in hand. Right. So many people talk about sacrificing. Like I say, sacrifice, and I'm putting that into my little hands here. Air quotes. Um, I left home when I was 10 to to go and train. Um, I had no time with my my mother, um, which led, you know, to really literally now not talking anymore to her because we don't have that relationship. And it was hard for her too. Like she lost her daughter at 10. Mm -hmm. Who does that? 
Mm-hmm. She had just lost her husband four years prior, but it wasn't a sacrifice for me. Like living in a dormitory as a 10 year old, all the way till 18 and being surrounded by girls and people that don't love you, but they're there to, I don't know, not even guide you, but to tell you what you're doing wrong for mm. eight years during your formative years, you do wow. the math. You know, so that's what it took for me. But did it matter to me? No, it didn't. Mm-hmm. It absolutely didn't. I starved myself to death. I worked 12 hour days since, you know, God knows when, um, a daily ritual, six days out of the week. But there was also so much opportunity. You know, I was so much more advanced up here and not, not particularly emotionally, but like I lived on my own when I was like 11 years old. Like I had my own apartment with 16. I knew how to feed myself. I, I knew how to do my laundry. I knew all of these things because I knew what I had to do when I was sick. Like that was a great teacher for me because I really wasn't relying on anybody anymore. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to either. What does it really take? It takes a lot of discipline and it takes a lot of heart. I love and- that discipline and heart go together. It does because mm-hmm. what discipline is, is, is freedom. Like it, mm-hmm. it will lead to freedom. What I have to say though, is that after I left those eight years of confinement, mm-hmm. and let's not forget the first six years were under communist leadership because that was prior before the wall went down. Wow. And that, that was even like tougher, I would say. In, in terms of what we had to do and what we would get away with. Before the wall went down, you're saying? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was a very much a Russian approach, right? Of mm-hmm. training and behavior and thinking and, and daily um, grinds. But when I escaped this kind of a box and I was left to my own devices in a company as a 18 year old, I didn't know what to do because mm-hmm. there was nobody really telling me what to do except this is your contract. You have to show up at 10 o'clock every morning for training. And then you go till two. And then at six, we're going to go to nine. And when there's a performance, you have to show up and be in the studio these, this amount of time. And that's it. Everything else, Marsha, I had no clue how to handle. Like nobody told me if I was too fat or not. I Like there was no leadership. And I hadn't learned how to lead myself from up here. Mm-hmm. my 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 um my brain and my heart like i had completely unlearned how to listen to myself which then spiraled down i gained a lot of weight i started drinking i smoked like a chimney i went from one abusive relationship to another it led to um me being so addicted to finding love outside of myself that um, I was in the worst relationship Mm -hmm. that ended up with me hitting the rock bottom of taking sleeping pills and not wanting to live anymore. And the way out of that, like there was nobody helping me and I had no awareness around it. There was just shame, shame of not performing, shame of not being the best anymore you know, like hitting rock bottom and that's not okay. No, it's not okay. Thank you for sharing that with us. That is like, that's beautiful vulnerability. And I really, you know, I love that. I, 
I think that um, you go from being so, like you say, in the box, everything is, this is what we do day in, day out. This is where we go. This is what happens to all of a sudden it's like now the box is completely gone and you're supposed to figure it out on your own, which yes, a lot of us, that's, I mean, you grow up, but you grew up in a very different tight box Mm-hmm. And then it was completely gone. And so then you go to the other end where it's like, I don't know how to leave myself. So I guess I will like do a little bit of like all of these things that are happening. Do I just, there's just no, now there's no walls or boundaries anywhere. And now it's all of a sudden, do I feel shame for that? Because that's not how I grew up. That's not what I'm like. It's, you can just see the, the, the personal struggle back and forth and what that must have, have been like. So how Can did I you add find something? Marcia? Yes, I'm so sorry. No. So when I when I I learned how to train my body, I learned how to train my muscles and what I have to do mm-hmm. in order to like get through a ballet or get through a variation or get through a class. But what I didn't learn and what we still till this day do not put any um, emphasis em- emphasis emphasis on thank you um (laughs) good it's the german coming in it's all good is who do we need to become as a human being Mm -hmm. in order to get to where we want to go like there was no personal development training there was no hey i see you're having struggle with these turns this could not only be because Mm -hmm. you are your body is not doing something right it also has to do something with your belief system and that was my my big aha moment six years ago. It's like if I have had this kind of training that I am seeking every day right now and have been for so many years, I could have been so much more. I could have lived out my potential because I had great potential. Mm-hmm. I had everything physically, mm-hmm. but I didn't have the mindset. So I thank you for sharing that and clarifying that. And I think that this is what it takes to become, whether it's, so for example, and back up for a second, I used to, when I was doing training, parents would come to me and say, how do you like, how do you, what training does my kid need to do X, Y, Z? And I'm like, you know, you can't make something be that isn't going to happen on its own. And there's a physical component to all of it, 100%. There's no question. Like there's definitely, you have to have a certain level of skill set to do. Like I could want to be a ballerina all I wanted to. It's not me. I am not, I, it's not my, my build. It's not anything in me. There's just, my brain's only going to go so far. But without the brain and the mindset piece, that is what makes like great athletes just exceptional. It's, it's knowing how important and how to tap into that inner mental mindset work to take you to that next level. Nobody teaches that or very, very few teach that in any sport of any kind. What I've seen is that it's just sometimes the exception comes across and you see it and they have that. It's like an it. They have that it factor physically, but they also have just got that mental that they they are they understand and they can do that and they can tap into that. So I think it's really powerful that you said that because that mindset work was not part of what 
you were raised with or wasn't part of the foundation of it. And it's so powerful. Like it's just so powerful. And I think the mindset can actually take you further on its own than just the physical, right? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. 100%. I want to say two things. Um, Success is what 80% mindset and 20% skill. I believe it. And yeah, you know what? I, I, I would so take this into um, the Bali, the dance world and the artist world as well. Um, you have to have a certain talent, but again, talent is really just talent. It is what you make out of it. I've seen so many talented hmm. young dancers that just nothing on stage and you look at them you're like what what are you doing that this just doesn't speak to me yeah um and i forgot the other thing that i wanted to say so that will come back to me it'll come oh yes no you know what it's the relationship that we're having with ourselves is what Mm. differentiates makes the difference between a good dancer or athlete or businessman and a great Mm -hmm. one i i truly believe that Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, I think in a lot of areas, that is not something that is taught or is taught as, um, I mean, I didn't grow up with personal development. That wasn't something that was like, it just was, what's that? That didn't have anything to do with what we did. Um, I was always was drawn. It was always work hard. And like, I laugh now that you say that because I think of that has been my asset in life but it's also been my downfall because I will work myself to the bone because my, my ingrain is work hard. And, and, and that's great to a point though. There comes a point where it's just, it's not about pushing against the wall over and over. It's like really sometimes stepping back and allowing things to catch up to you or allowing you to see things differently that maybe this isn't the way I want it, or it's just really allowing something more into it. So I love that you said that the, you know, the 80, 20 is always the 80, 20 rule, hundred percent. When we get back into that mindset piece, what were some of the, where was some of the turning points for you where you realized that, okay, this is not working. I'm like living in this shame cycle. I, I'm not happy with where things are at. Where, where did that change? What was a couple turning points for you? I, I would say the turning point was two, two turning points. Um, mm-hmm. I, when I look back, I haven't really had much awareness on around how I feel or what actions do I take, etc. And, um, the first real like eye-opening moment was when I was working at Corporate America and I was ready to climb the ladder further up and I had a meeting with my regional director and he said, uh, Susie, we have to structure your development differently because you are a woman. Oh my goodness. So right. that was my very first, um, what? What did you just say? I Yeah. Um, and from there, I started listening to, um, Simon Sinek, who I adore and I love his leadership mentality and everything that he teaches around leadership. Mm -hmm. And so I brought that into my corporate job and well, it wasn't the way they wanted me to lead. Although the people that I worked with loved it. Mm -hmm. 
and we have the best results out of the whole team here on the island. That that set aside, that was my first bell. The second bell was when my husband was gone. I was left with my children. One of them got so sick that I just didn't even know what to do. And I didn't have the ability to just call in sick because I thought I was indispensable. Mm, And something in here just literally just said, Susie, it is not worth it. Stop it. Stop it right now. So I made that decision with a, pardon me if this is too visual. um, No, no, go. Growing up child over the toilet that I will no longer sacrifice my personal well-being or the well-being of my children for a job that I will no longer have my boss dictate whether or not I can stay home with them even they're ill Mm -hmm. um and that was the day where I decided to say corporate job bye-bye I don't know what I'm gonna do I don't have a backup plan I'm going to work four days a week I'm going to step down all the way to the beginning you use me and my skills whatever you want to do but I do no longer want to be your slave and help you to create your dream. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go and create my own dream. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to do it anyways. It's um, awesome. That was number two. And number three was when a friend of mine re- said, Hey, I found Lori Harder's podcast. Mm. I was like, who's that? <laughs> um, she's like, I-, I think you'd enjoy her. It's like, okay. So I started listening to her and I couldn't stop, mm-hmm. even though it felt icky at times because I have had all of these um, uh, flags going, oh, she's just going to sell me. And if she says another thing about selling, like I'm going to puke. And it was until the moment I walked into Bliss Project in March 2018 and I did the one thing that I was so afraid of is surround myself with 499 other women. I was one of them, uh, just so you know. Oh, you were? Oh. Yeah, March of 2018. Yeah, I was yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, go ahead. Sorry, I just had to say that. Oh, no, that's just, look at my face color. Like I have this <laughs> everywhere. Um, it wasn't until this moment that I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much more. Like I, I realized in that moment that during my entire time of dancing, I had always just given 60% because the other 40 I didn't feel safe sharing. Mm. Well, now isn't uh, that, that, thank you for your honesty there. So you held back. I held 40%. back mm-hmm. because I didn't think I was worthy of giving that. I was afraid, you know, we are afraid to, to give things out because we want something in return or we, we're afraid to give things out because we think we're going to get hurt or we're going to exhaust ourselves or we're going to, we're gonna we're gonna die like literally that was one of my seriously i am i am not kidding like i had so much fear around dying because i can't breathe anymore because i watched my father die uh, suffocate and i had to like that fear was so deep in my subconscious that i could not exhaust myself to to all the way Mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how to describe that. Like I couldn't push further than a certain point. 
Mm-hmm. And with anything in life that when you push only to a certain point, you're only going to get so far. You have to push beyond the, un- the, comf- the comfort zone. Let's yes. just say that way. I could not get out of my comfort zone. Okay. So Even though was- some people would have thought your comfort zone like oh, how yeah, yeah, yeah. was amazing, but you exactly. are still, yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Wow. And it was also that I, I, I realized like within minutes surrounded by these women that, oh my gosh, I have to let go of all of the relationships that I'm in. Like the people that are surrounding me are toxic and they're not going to give me, um, I have to move because this house and the area that we're in is not where I should be. Mm -hmm. And I didn't take action until, I don't know, it all just (laughs) collapsed within four months. My entire life, like I had my core, my family, but, um, yeah, my landlord decided to evict us out of nowhere, like literally oh nowhere. Um, business relationships completely collided. Um, yeah, what else? The friends that I thought were friends, they just vanished or did something that I said, mm-hmm. hmm, wait a second, that doesn't feel good. No, I don't need this in my life. Get off my island. And I remember thinking, <laughs> Lori promising, like I promise you, or I, I, I tell you that when you come here, it will change your life. And my, my thought right after that, say, yeah, that's what they all say. I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. And Lori, if you're listening to this, you were so right. It completely changed my life. Oh, how beautiful is that? How, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I was at that exact same event. And that was my only time I ever went in person was March of 2018. Yeah. The only time. And, um, it was a really, really powerful event. I think it also was an opportunity to see that what I mean, there was actually women here like cheering each other on and supporting each other. And right. Like, it's just, it's, I I think for me, I spent so much of my life alone and pushing through things on my own strong. I can do it right. Work hard back to work hard and realizing that it didn't have to do it that way. It didn't have to do it that way. And there are, we, you can reach out and connect and lift up and help others. And it just was a really big eye opener. So I, I understand exactly what you're saying. I do. I mean, I frequently listen to Lori's podcast and we're both in the same mastermind right now. So we def, right. It's what speaks to you um, in realizing that like how much further you can go by allowing others in. And you can tap into that 40% that you're not showing the world because you're no longer doing it on your own. Oh, that was so beautifully said. I have no like idea what that is the best quote of this whole podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go back and replay that one because it just came out and I'm like, oh, I don't know what I said. Yeah, that was, that was good. Yeah. good. It's, yeah, I think that this has been um, some really good messages and tips that you've shared about those turning points. And you also went through that growth with your own um, ballet company. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. that was 15, well, now it is almost 20 years ago. I was mm-hmm. not even 30. Um, and well, hang on. I'm 46 now. Whatever that means. Whatever that was. Whatever it yeah. was. 2000. There we go. Yeah, let's um, that. It was that I could no longer 
be a dancer in the circumstances that I was in. I was in a company in um, the, the Pacific Northwest in the United States. And the way we were treated was just like, I had to break out of that box. Like I could no longer take it. And there, there it was again, this like from one day to another, like my cup was full. Like mm-hmm. I could not take yet another, think about your thoughts, Suzanne, comment. Um, and I was out. Now, please, like German citizen, the only way I was allowed to stay in the United States was through my visa that was depending on me working. It was also the only way I could make money. Mm-hmm. Okay, we had a house Expenses. and we had bought. It was yep. super easy. Yep. Like even on a 40-week contract, we were getting a house. Um, and I had responsibilities. So I'm like, of course. what are we going to do? And I'm like, oh my own company. I can make a difference in the world. I can give these dancers a much better place. I can give them leadership, not knowing anything about it, just winging it, not knowing anything about fundraising. And and it's like, I want to go back to Charleston, South Carolina. That's where my heart is. Um, doesn't matter how many ballet companies there are. We're going to do it. Well, we we did. We put on a show. We came up with a whole new concept on how to make a company actually profitable so you don't have to fundraise anymore. What you need is seed capital, which you mm-hmm. over a 10-year process can pay off and have profit. Um, for 2000, it was too early or whatever. Um for the area that we were in, that was way too forward thinking, too threatening, too, there was so much political bullshit going mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. in the background that we didn't even know. I mean, my, my back was full of knives um, that we have, we had our only performance in, on September 11th with Giselle. It was magical. It really was. Um, and we knew that that was the end because we couldn't pay anybody anymore because mm-hmm. nobody would fund it. Mm-hmm. Let me back up. We had the possibility to fund the whole thing for t- for years in advance. Um, but the person who wanted to fund this was putting some restriction around it. And one was to have access to all the female dancers whenever he wishes to, to have them invited to his party. And that was our, it's like, that is an absolute no, we're not doing that. And we had to decide the our integrity or, you know, laying everybody Can't off. Even, yeah, that's and what that a tough, was, tough, but not tough decision. Yes. Even as a 28-year-old at that point, that was awful because that's it awful. meant, am I deciding for my personal failure or because we knew what that meant? Like we had mm-hmm. so much invested, um, our all our savings. Mm-hmm. Um, so we lost $850,000. We lost our house, oh. our car, our entire belongings, our wedding gifts, you know, but these are all things. But these what are- did it teach you? Like, like these are like, so go back to the, like that, those are tremendous amounts of things to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, huge. And at the same time, they're things. So what did it, what did it, what did it teach you? Like you, you know, that you've come out a different person because that's an incredible experience to experience and go through under 30. So it taught me that all these things don't really matter. 
Um, they're nice to have, and I still want them, and I still thrive for them. Um, but they also easily can go away, and that me, me as me, and mm -hmm. and the people that I love and my my inner circle are the most important things to me. And mm -hmm. nothing, no money, nothing else can replace them in my life. Okay, yeah. so that was one. What I it, it wasn't only the things though that we'd lost. We also lost our reputation. Mm -hmm. And with that came a lot of shame, a lot of blame. Oh, like we were written up in the New York Times as like the big failure and we ran away with all the money and accusation. And I'm like, yeah, oh, I'm so sorry. There is no that such is thing crazy. as a bad press. We're just gonna let that be. Mm -hmm. um, however, that, you know what, I just recently discovered that I was actually holding on to that shame till like four weeks ago. Oh my gosh. So like this, I mean, I, as a person who talks about shame all the time, it mm. is incredibly powerful and heavy and weighs you down and stops, affects how you show up. It affects, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy powerful. So how did you come to a space four weeks ago of realizing that, oh my, I've been, like, I've literally been carrying shame for a big chunk of my life. I'm saying mm -hmm. you, like, how did you yeah, yeah. come yeah, to that space and realize it? And what did that mean for you? Um, so I'll let me start with what it meant for me, freedom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. How did I get there? It was reframed by a dear friend of mine how fear and the fear of something shows up in different emotions in our life mm -hmm. okay and um i couldn't I, I i just didn't know why i wasn't showing up why i couldn't talk about me mm -hmm. like what was i so afraid of why couldn't i just share my story. Why did I always say, oh, there's nothing to share. I'm just going to keep it all to myself. Mm -hmm. Because I was ashamed of my past. Mm -hmm. Because I felt that failure defines who I am. That's That, that was my belief. And mm -hmm. still somewhere, bro, you know, broils in there that the, the, the last little bubbles are coming up that, well, what if though? everybody knows and that's why they don't like you or don't want you or not mm -hmm. want to listen to you. Um, and that was my aha moment of like, Oh my gosh, you've been carrying that around. This is why you're not speaking up. This is why you're not putting yourself more out there. This is why you keep believing you can't sell or build a business or shine. And this is why you only go to a certain point and you can't push beyond that point because right, you're right. so scared that you are going to be exposed. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah. And how did that feel like, all of a sudden? Wow. Must have, right? Yeah. You know, re revelation. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I do care, but I really don't anymore. But, but even if you do care because you're human, it doesn't, I mean, you still get to decide how much weight that has in your life. Like it, mm -hmm. you can, and sometimes people say things and I'm like, Ooh, that one stung. Like that stung for a second. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, but I don't have to give that person weight in my life. I don't have to give that circumstance 
the weight that I do or the weight that we give something in our life when we talk about shame is usually like a thousand times worse than what someone would ever else would ever give it. Like we give it so much weight that it stops us from living completely when really it's like a blip for some people. So we do that to ourselves. So I'm, I'm happy that you came to that space of learning that you didn't, weren't going to give that any more weight and you were going to allow yourself to show up and be Mm. seen. Yeah. I'm grateful. Now that you've done that, now you're on, tell people what you're doing now. Like you're, because everything you've done has led you to where you are today, right? It all plays a part. It all plays a part. hundred percent. So what are you doing today? Okay. Well, I am a mindset and high performance coach. I am leading a community of almost 700 dancers now that we're working on, or I am giving them what I've learned so far around empowerment and living your best life on and Mm -hmm. off stage Mm -hmm. and how they can turn that into a profitable life. And so and I don't know, Marsha, if you, but if you are like the more and more you open yourself up to serving, the more and more you get. Mm-hmm. So I am actually in the process now to form a media company that will become the hub for artists where they can find anything they will ever need, regardless of the theaters being open or not. I think that is the best description that I can up with that was actually really good so that's where i'm at so you get to that's great you're going to listen to that part again you this i love the media hub regardless of whether they are open or not because the one thing that's not talked about a lot in covid that i feel is i I don't know how many times my husband ever like what about the arts like what about the stage what about the like you just they're definitely impacted there's no question they're impacted by this. Yes, we know the restaurants. Yes, we know like so many aspects of life are impacted by this and what we're going through right now. But I definitely, I love your idea of like a media hub for artists as well and helping them to see other ways that they can like live their best life on and off stage and as well be profitable to do that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Can I elaborate a little bit on that before we, yeah, of course. So, what I'm, what breaks, not breaks my heart, but where I feel the need or what I'm, what I'm seeing is that all of these artists like come up with, you know, with ways to, to put a bandaid over their um, crush dreams right now, because Mm -hmm. the, the purpose of a dancer of an artist is to perform their art Mm -hmm. to showcase what they're capable of to create that energy field that gives and take between the audience and to, to really create that magic Mm -hmm. around what they're doing. And the arts have been taught. The belief system is that it can only happen a certain way. Yes. Okay. And we need to go and ask everybody to give us money for that. Okay, because we, yes. we're, we're chasing um, to fulfill our needs. Mm-hmm. Chasing is such a good word, yes. And when you are chasing something, you're not creating the right mindset, not the right energy to 
to actually make anything, create mm -hmm. anything. You will get to a certain point and not further than that. And I feel like that we, we, we've gotten to that point where, where we just can't, that, that two by four just keeps putting you back into your place, keep putting you in your place. Mm -hmm. And I, as sad as COVID is, it is also the wake up call that the arts need, I believe. That is a gift for them to think outside the box and ask different questions. How mm -hmm. else can we do things? Like what other ways are there? Do we really have to fundraise or can we actually implement business ideas, multiple streams of income to be self-sufficient? So we don't have to spend our time and going and chasing money, but we can spend our time on those people that we're here and responsible for and we hired so they can create and also mm -hmm. live their dream. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's just gold. Everything you said there is absolute gold. You can, I also feel it's, it's almost impossible to live in alignment and allow and feel worthy of all the things that are coming your way. If you're always chasing, like oh. always, again, if you're back into the work hard, work hard mentality, you're chasing dollars you're chasing opportunities you're not that that's not an alignment and that and and i think that what you've said there is absolutely beautiful and i do believe that for a lot of us that COVID is a wake-up call of what is working what's not working what can we change what can we make better what can we make better like what can we do differently how can we um i also think it's the time where we end up bringing more of that masculine push to the feminine, like allow and freedom and alignment. And how can we actually bring some of that energy together as opposed to constantly pushing and chasing and fighting and moving mm -hmm. forward? Yeah. Yeah. That is beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. So you are now getting to take all the lessons that you've learned, what's important to you and bringing it into a community. And I just want to highlight how your title is a mindset and high performance coach with it, which I think is, is beautiful as a title, but it's funny. And it's funny because it leads with mindset, which is the one thing you said was not, it was not what was part of your rituals and your upbringing for most of your life. So I think it's great that you were leading with that. I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Where do people find and connect and follow you? Like, where do you hang out the most? Uh, Instagram right now um, mm -hmm. under my full name, mm -hmm. Suzanne Perchel. Um, We also have the Point to Rise Facebook group that all you have to do is send me a DM and I'll send you a, a personalized invite. Um, yeah. Also launched our first gear. Oh, awesome. That's awesome. It right now. I can't. Let it's me... a, I don't know. Oh, okay. it, it won't work through here. It works on the phone. It's when you look in the mirror, you can actually read it, the writing, the right yes. way. I don't do basic. There are many other um, different sayings as a reminder that you are awesome. And mm -hmm. the more and more you look in the mirror, you actually get rewarded mm. by being able to read what's on written on your heart and across wow. your soul. Mm -hmm. And there's also something on the back for the girl next behind you. <laughs> the one behind in you. In case she needs a reminder. Which yeah. she does. We, I mean, we, we, know she, we know she, I do. we all do. This is why I'm yeah. wearing this. <laughs> I love it. And you've launched your podcast. Yes. Oh gosh. Yeah. The podcast, Point to Rise podcast. 
Mm-hmm. So much fun. Like I love having that outlet to like the permission to just speak, blah, just let it all out, come through. I oh, think yeah. we had so many good um, nuggets today that I didn't oh, even God. know were in here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so great. Definitely. Oh, there's a lot of nuggets you're going to hear out of this episode. Absolutely. I think you've covered it, but I just want to give you a chance to clarify and maybe explain like, what impact do you want to have in this world? Mm, Specifically. My number one impact um, still feels really heavy saying that out loud because I'm, I, I found myself judging that that is too big. Then you need to say it. Yeah. I want to be one of the leading people that is leaving the legacy that changed the way we do and perceive and build the arts. Mm. I love that. I love it. Yeah. How does it, so now you, you had a, you had some definite hesitation before you said it. How does it feel now? I know, right? (laughs) Oh, then it's the right one. Like you, like, you know, wait, so many people, like, I just want to just create this. And it's just this airy fairy thing that has no real depth and meaning. Like Mm. what you say, and like, it should have this meaning to you. And that's exactly what that just did. You know, I feel that every time I speak it out loud, it becomes more of my truth. Mm-hmm. Um, it is that the the daily work around the worthiness of why me mm-hmm. and reframing it. Well, why not me? Why not you? Like I spent my entire life from you? student to running a company in this world. Mm-hmm. I I know, and what I don't know, I can learn. I don't have to be perfect. Like building a media company, like is so completely against what I ever thought I'm going to be doing, but it's exactly what I need to do in order to, to build that place, that hub where everybody gets together and feels connected and has any kind of education that they need Mm -hmm. to tap into their entire power. Yeah, I I have nothing to add. I think it's beautiful. I think it's absolutely beautiful what you're doing and the direction that you want to go right now. Absolutely beautiful. I have one last question for you and it is what lesson in life are you most grateful for? I always get a pause after this. I love it. (laughs) What lesson am I most grateful for? That no matter how, how deep I fall and how, how deep, and endless my rock bottom seems and you know I've been there many times and um I am now grateful for seeing these rock bottoms always as a new beginning because I was never allowed to feel anything I was never allowed to hit rock bottom it was always being perfect and I am grateful for that lesson over and over and over again. Do I want them? Am I looking forward to them? Oh, no, no, no. Coming out of them, though, feels like, I don't know, levitating, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they've had a purpose. Like they, yeah. they've had a purpose yeah. in who yeah. you are and what they've taught you. 
they've served yeah. a very important role. Yeah. So I'm, I am grateful for that. Lessons. Awesome. Lessons. Lessons. Yes. We've all had many of them. And I think that I love how you've said that. I love everything that you've shared. I mean, thank you for being so real and vulnerable with us in this. Honestly, it's just been, it's been a great episode and I've loved getting to know you even more. I have no doubt what you're going to create because you are leading with heart and you are leading with, you know, knowing that that is the direction to go and still open to learning everything that is that you can learn along the way. So I have no doubt. I cannot wait to watch you continue to sort. Oh, wow. Thank you, Marcia. That is so sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This was great. This is a great, wasn't this a great, I'm so grateful that we did this. Honestly, it's a great episode. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.